I'm all about getting the most out of my videos, whether it's long form, short form, and one of the tools that I love to use is Opus Clip. Opus Clip is a generative AI video repurposing tool that turns your long form videos into viral short videos. I've been using this for months now and it's changing my YouTube channel. It's helping it grow so much. And so they use the most advanced AI to analyze and pick the most golden nuggets from different parts of your video and seamlessly rearrange them into viral short clips that stand out on their own. And so if you wanna go check this amazing tool out, go to opus.pro or find the link in the show notes and you can check out Opus Clip today. Hey everyone, welcome back again to another episode of the Coffee with Creators podcast. Welcome to episode 128. If I am keeping my count right, we are 128. Uh, This is the second season. Uh, Things are just moving along amazingly. Um, I hope you're doing well. Uh, This is a real special treat for you guys. I got to uh, sit down virtually, of course, and, uh, you know, have a really good conversation with Connor Elliott who is the head of partnerships, uh, creator partnerships, by the way, not just regular old partnerships, but head of creator partnerships over at Opus Clip, Opus Pro, as some of you may may, uh, uh, know it by. And uh, we had just a really good conversation. Me and Connor um, uh, actually met up in person for the first time at Vid Summit in Dallas uh, a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, full transparency, I'm an Opus Clip ambassador. I love Opus Clip. If you guys check out my YouTube channel and see all the shorts that has been happening, um, that I've been uploading there, that's all done through Opus. And also my TikTok, it's all done through Opus. Um, It is done in a fraction of the time that it would normally take me because Opus and the AI and the platform is just so good. It's so dialed in. And so before anything, if you guys want to check out Opus, like the ad read said, um, in the very beginning of this episode, go check it out. There's a link in the description or in the show notes. Um, go check that out. You're going to really like uh, this conversation. Um, you know, we talked a lot about partnerships, but from the perspective of for creators, what to do, what not to do, but also brands, what to do, not to do. All right. So, um, yeah, and just, you know, some really good stories, some really good anecdotal uh, information here. Just me and what me and Connor are kind of going through with, you know, our hats that we wear as uh, head of partnerships uh, for creator brands. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a really, really good conversation. I hope you take a lot away from it. I'd love to hear from you and hear what sort of takeaways you're getting. Uh, if you're, you know, from this interview, but also any other interviews, go check it out. Go visit our my YouTube channel as well. There's some content there that's not on here and vice versa. And uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and Instagram. Love for you to do that. Send me any, any uh, you know, requests, uh, any suggestions, any feedback. Always love it. And questions. I love questions. I love questions that I can hopefully answer for you, um, you know, here on the podcast or on YouTube uh, as well. And um, yeah, love to do that. So uh, let's uh, take it away. And uh, here is my good friend, Connor Elliott. Hey, Connor. Welcome to the podcast, man. Glad to have you on. Uh, very, uh, very meta talking about Opus in an Opus podcast. And I'm going to be running this through Opus. And <laughs> so, it's hey, awesome. man, that's what we're all about. Got to get the word out. <laughs> it's yeah, great, to yeah. great to be here. Thank you for having me on, Rob. 
Absolutely, man. My pleasure. And uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. Um, man, for the folks out there that don't know you, haven't met you yet, um, just a, you know, a quick uh, couple minutes on who you are, what you do, uh, what you do at Opus. Um, yeah, and then we'll jump into uh, conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as, as you know, I'm Connor. Uh, I'm head of uh, creator partnerships here at Opus Clip. Um, I am uh, responsible for basically doing everything creator related. So uh, you know, we work with creators in a lot of different ways. Uh, there's no really one size fits all uh, way that we collaborate with people, um, you know, whether it's uh, huge channels and huge names uh, down to, you know, people with just a, a dozen subscribers. Uh, we've worked with everybody, uh, you know, and anybody that's excited and wants to help spread the word about Opus Clip. Um, so that's pretty much what I do. I talk to creators all day. I figure out, okay, what, how can we help you? How can we uh, help grow your channel? And then how can we work together to uh, help one another grow? Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, uh, there's more and more, uh, you know, guys like us doing this within, uh, brands, uh, doing creator partnerships and, um, you know, it's, it's a really interesting sort of, uh, time in the industry. Um, how'd you get into this whole, you know, industry and, uh, working with, uh, with Opus? How did you guys land? How did you land there? Yeah, of course. Um, so before this, I was working for TSM Esports. Um, if, for those of you who don't know, TSM is one of North America's biggest esports franchises. Um, I uh, joined there actually. I moved back uh, from China. I was living in Shanghai, China, um, wow. doing uh, a variety. Basically, my my, uh, my niche, my claim to fame was uh, I helped a lot of uh, Western brands and uh, uh, Chinese brands. Uh, sort of do influencer marketing for the first time across borders. So I helped big uh, car companies like Chang'an uh, and uh, phone brands like ZTE uh, start doing influencer marketing um, abroad. And then uh, alternatively, I helped uh, big brands like Beats by Dre sort of make their entry into China and help expand their their market presence there uh, through doing influencer uh, partnerships and creative partnerships there. Uh, so I did that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I uh, joined uh, TSM, worked with their esports talent. I helped do a variety of different tasks, everything from like operational stuff, like figure out how to recruit players out of China uh, for various esports to how to set up business entities over in China, how to get our marketing efforts going over there uh, and, and across Asia in general. And then uh, eventually I ended up as the uh, head of brand, uh, global branding there. Um, so I was helping coordinate between a bunch of different departments, help make sure that uh, content was getting out for both our sponsors and uh, in terms of helping grow and expand uh, the TSM brand. So did all of that for a while. And then, um, you know, eventually I actually ran into Young through a, a former uh, former colleague of mine. She was like, hey, I know this guy. He's really brilliant and he's starting an AI company. And obviously, you know, this was maybe three months or two or three months before, you know, maybe only two months before uh, ChatGPT officially dropped. But obviously, mm. you know, I kind of had a, a feeling of what, or, you know, I could get a sense of what was coming and, and uh, you know, that, that the AI craze was almost here. And uh, Young is an amazing guy, uh, you know, probably one of the better people I've ever worked with. Um, and so, you know, got, had a few conversations with him, really liked him and really liked what they were building. And I was like, I'm on board, man. I think uh, at the time, you know, we were playing around and we were trying new live streaming, we were trying a lot of different things. We didn't actually know that we were going to land here on uh, Opus Clip. Uh, we just knew that we, uh, we knew the creator economy uh, and we had uh, some really brilliant AI engineers that uh, could build some really cool stuff. So uh, we tried a lot of things out and eventually realized that, you know, content repurposing is where we wanted to make our name. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Um, well, first of all, then, I guess maybe one step back beyond that, like 
how did you even end up in China? How did you end up with that being in that space? Like there's no college, you know, there's no university course, you know, program on, you know, uh, you know, like partnerships and uh, <laughs> influencer marketing, um, you know, at least not in my college days. So, uh, yeah. How did that even uh, turn up? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think it was just kind of a natural outgrowth of I was working for a creator agency over there. Mm, gotcha. uh, I speak or I should say I used to speak perfectly fluent Chinese. My Chinese is a little bit rusty these days. Um, but um, we've been, uh, you know, while I was over there, I realized that, you know, in China, especially the influencer economy and, and the creator economy had blown up to, to such a degree, um, but brands hadn't really been tapping into it at all yet. And uh, so I was working at this creator agency and I kept a creative agency. It's not a creator agency, excuse me. Um, and, you know, we were pitching different clients and I realized that all my pitches kept being back to coming back to, you know, uh, various, whether it was Western or Chinese social platforms uh, mm -hmm. and working with specific people. And I realized, well, maybe it's just that, you know, I grew up in, you know, in inundated in the internet age uh, and surrounded by, you know, following people that were uh, making content my whole life and, and I've always been a YouTube addict. But, um, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, I just kept coming back to like, you know, if I look at how many views I can get from doing a TV commercial or, you know, what kind of exposure, what kind of uh, traffic I can get from uh, doing a variety of different, you know, out, outreach methods, you know, I always kept coming back to, uh, you know, just the, the value there. And, and it, you know, I think especially back then, um, because not enough people were doing it because it wasn't as formalized of an industry, um, you know, there was just like the, you know, the market was all over the place. There was massive potential. And so there's, it was almost like sort of like cross border arbitrage going on, right. Where, um, yeah. you know, people, you know, we, we could outdo, um, you know, and outperform you know, pretty much every other advertising metric just by uh, working with creators. When it comes to creating content, it's really important for me to have a solid recording tool. And that's where StreamYard comes in with its super user-friendly interface and powerful features. StreamYard makes live streaming and content creation such a breeze. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster, you're just starting out, StreamYard has you covered. Try today and take your content to the next level. Visit StreamYard by going to the link in the show notes and get a free trial to unlock your creative potential now. Um, and so that's sort of how I, I started doing that and uh, and got into it. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I do agree, man. Like I think there's a uh, outperform every other advertising channel through influencer marketing or creator partnerships. I think I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm at the same uh, you know, do a similar uh, function here at Uscreen as you do uh, over there at Opus with creator partnerships. And I just think like the the one the one struggle I think sometimes is with creator partnerships is that um, the tracking and success metrics. Um, so I'm curious how, how you guys look at that um, at Opus, um, you know, outside of like referral links and stuff. Uh, maybe that's it. But yeah, curious how you guys measure success with uh, creator partnerships. Yeah, I've I've never been a, a, a big believer in uh, referral links being like, especially on short form, right? Yeah. Uh, but in yeah. Just, I think there are up uh, referral links are definitely a good indicator of like how things are going. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say that by far the the more important metrics are, um, you know, we generally don't do like really concentrated campaigns uh, where we have a bunch of influencer posts going out on the same day. Uh, most will have like two or three posts going out on any any given day. We try to spread it out as much as possible. 
Um, so, you know, by doing that, right, we're able to sort of track that against our organic traffic and our, and our you know, we also have uh, social mention listening tools, right? So, you know, sometimes our, sometimes our, our best laid plans go, go awry when some random person like tweets about us and gets a hundred thousand views. But for the most part, uh, you know, just by measuring organic traffic carefully, figuring out, okay, well, here's sort of, all right, here's a three day period where we didn't have any influencer posts going out. That's sort of our baseline, right? Over the right. last month. Um, and, and so we can use that baseline to sort of understand, okay, um, if that's our baseline, then, uh, if we're doing, you know, two posts tomorrow, um, you know, we can kind of track how each of those posts performed, uh, mm -hmm. over the average in terms of organic search. So organic search is really the, the main metric that we use. Um, but beyond that, I would say, uh, really it comes back to like engagement and comments. Mm -hmm. Um, we're really, really big, uh, engagement people. Uh, when we see, you know, obviously there's certain ways to gamify it that I'm not always a huge fan of, but sometimes work well, where it's like posts, blah, 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 in the comments. Um, but outside of that kind of stuff, right, generally speaking, when you when you go to a comment section after you do any kind of influencer content, um, you know, if you don't see a single mention of your brand name, um, you know, in, in the comments, like, you know that, okay, maybe people weren't really resonating with this or, uh, you know, that they're, they're more interested in something else versus if you see a flood of comments, if you see really good engagement, even if the video only has 500 views, if it has a hundred comments on 500 views, you know, that that person is converting people because people are yeah. interested, engaged, their audience actually cares about them, um, and what they have to say. And, and that's really for us is the, the number one metric is, is that comments outside of, you know, organic reach, which is just sort of how we measure CPM and it's like, okay, on a very base level, was that a good deal or not? Right. And then outside of that, it's like, okay, maybe we overpaid for this from a CPM standpoint, but mm. uh, what kind of comments were we looking at, you know, and who are in the comments, right? Um, you know, so much of, of what, you know, especially on platforms like Instagram uh, and YouTube, you know, if a creator is posting uh, something uh, and everybody else uh, that's replying to them has their own channel, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a really good sign for us. It's like, hey, look, everybody else that's here is also a creator. They're also out there hustling uh, and they care about what this person has to say. So they're a great partner to work with. Yeah, that's really good, man. I like, uh, I guess what I think what I'm hearing is that not every view is the same. Like it's not just one factor. It's not just like the number of views because that could get really skewed. Like you get, you know, a ton of views, but low engagement or low, the wrong audience. Um, you know, you could get uh, not too many views, but a lot of comments. And they're like all like, like you said, I actually never thought of that, that if everybody that's commenting has their own channel, meaning their creator as well. Um, that's sort of like, you know, higher up in the chain of, uh, you know, in terms of comments, right? So not even every comment is equal, you know? So, uh, yeah. We've had yeah. that have gotten only 3,000 views, but we considered a massive success and others that got 500,000 views and we are like, that didn't move the needle at all, right? So yeah, really, uh, you know, the viewership numbers do matter, obviously still just in terms of being able to, you know, create that sort of standardized baseline for, okay, how much should, what was the CPM, right? How much should we pay? How many impressions did we get? But um, there's a lot more to it than that for sure. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, how, how do you, um, man, with the ocean of creators, uh, do you kind of see like there's a specific type of creator that you want to work with um, as a partner? Uh, do you guys already know who that is? Are you guys still trying to figure that out? Um, or is there like multiple tiers to the type of creators that you're working with? Um, how do you guys look at, you know, cause one of the most common questions I get from other, uh, fellow brand reps or people like us, uh, within brands is like, how do you, how do you identify who you should work with? Um, yeah. Which creators? 
Yeah, that's that's always that's always a challenge, right? And I think yeah. it's a constant process of experimentation. Um, I think that you know one of the things that I think that a lot of people in our position, uh, uh, the challenge that they have is you know we're always all obviously under pressure to perform and to get the best value out of the money that we're spending. Um, but that doesn't mean you you can't afford to take risks, right? Um, I, I see so many brands that get so risk averse in terms of who they're willing to work with, or you know, you know, if it doesn't check all of these boxes, that then like we can't do anything with them. Um, and I think that's where sort of the creativity element comes into it, right? Like I view our role as a creative position; it's not an operations position, it's not a pure marketing position. Uh, there is a creativity element to it, right? But obviously, there's relationship building and all of that involved, but um, you know, it's your job to come to the creator with some killer ideas. And more importantly, it's your job to come to the creator with, okay, this is what we're trying to accomplish. Let me clearly communicate our goals. And then here are some creative ways that we can go about uh, reaching those goals with you, right? So uh, we're we're not opposed to, to making creative, you know, deals with, with pretty much any creator. Um, you know, I think that that's one of, been one of the blessings of this job is that we have, a, you know, our leadership team are great and they're willing to do like uh, literally anything. If I'm like, Hey, let's go for this. Let's give it a try. Yeah, see how, yeah. it goes. you know, they very, very rarely say no, maybe. And usually when they do say no, it's probably for my own good because sometimes I can get pretty out there. But, uh, <laughs> I think the biggest, the biggest thing there is, you know, uh, I think as you, you know, scalability is the other super hard challenge. And that's something that I'm still haven't fully figured yeah. out as we were talking about before. Same. The call, I'm always backlogged. Um, but, I'd rather have that scalability issue and constantly be trying to find new ways to be able to uh, have more conversations, to bring on more partners, uh, than try to create a cookie cutter way of working with creators. Because uh, that's so when true. you generally have the trouble. Um, if you know, if you're like, hey, you know, here's the standard for integration package. Let's go send this out to 100 creators and just book them all and be done, wash our hands and be done for the month. Like, it's not going to get you the results you're looking for, right? Um, and so, you know, when it comes to creators, right? Obviously, the ones that we're most excited to work with are people like you that are talking to other creators, talking to uh, people in the creator economy, um, or you know whether it's professional video editors, uh, videographers, um, you know content specialists or experts in any given niche, right? From realtors to uh, um, to podcast experts to uh, people that are you know doing retail, uh, e-commerce, you know whatever it is. If they're talking to other creators, trying to teach them how to do what they're doing, um, that's that's our favorite. Um, you know, and that's why we created the brand partner program uh, at Opus Clip is, you know, we're trying to get uh, all those guys that we really, really like um, that, you know, we think make uh, uh, great content and talk directly to other creators. Um, we're trying to get them all together and, and sort of build community out of that. Um, but outside of that program, you know, we work with a, a ton of different creators, you know, podcasters, especially, um, and, and a lot of others where. Um, you know, including huge YouTube channels. So I would say there's sort of three layers of how we're working with creators right now. Um, you know, there's the the brand partners, and I would also call like say like the short form deals, uh, where we'll usually do like two or three uh, short form uh, posts uh, with a creator that's popular on Instagram and or TikTok, um, just to help get that sort of consistent flow of traffic to the website. Um, and, and make sure that our audience, you know, that the people out there that are already using Opus Clip or that I have heard of Opus Clip are up to date on what's going on with us, what are the latest uh, updates and, and upgrades. And more importantly than that, though, like, what are how are people using us, right? What What is the value that they're getting out of us? I think it's important to constantly reinforce with, with you know, people out there, like, look, this is a real, uh, you know, tool. It's not a some kind of theoretical AI uh, gizmo that, you know, one day might be this, 
game changer for your content. It's something that's real. It works right now. Um, and here are results of all these different people that are using us, right? So we love to build showcases, work with creators and build showcases like that. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're launching a new initiative right now to try to add uh, end cards or watermarks uh, to certain creators' posts uh, with the Opus Clip logo on there uh, and then have them track all their performance. Then at the end of the month, uh, they're going to be giving us like a shout out where they sort of talk through uh, what the performance was. Um, so that's sort of uh, that, that's sort of the main way that we're working with creators right now. And then uh, the final way is with big creators. So uh, with a couple of big creators, uh, we have been trying to push this concept and I have exciting news uh, uh, that we're going to be announcing here this week about that, where uh, we're trying to work with big creators. We realize that big creators, they have they have full teams, right? You know, they operate like businesses. Um, some of them immediately see the value in Opus Clip. Others say, I already have, you know, five guys that are making short form content for me. I don't want to replace any of them with AI, you know, and so, you know, that they kind of just end the conversation there. So we're working with big creators in a different way where we're saying, hey, maybe you have, you know, 10 out of 10 short form editors that are out there and making shorts for you, but your audience uh, would love to be able to post your content or share your content or get involved in that way as well. Um, so we recently... Uh, launched a clipping competition with a YouTuber named Caleb Hammer. Um, that's been going on for a little over three weeks now. We're in the final fourth week of that contest. It's been going really, really well, um, where, you know, he asked his audience to, he said, hey, go out there, clip all of my content, um, you know, have a field day with it, post it across the internet, um, and just tag me, tag Opus Clip. Um, and, you know, whoever wins uh, will get $1,000, runner up will get like 500 bucks, um, something like that. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's been very successful for him. He's grown by, I think, a little over 4,000, or sorry, 41,000 41, uh, wow. subscribers uh, in that time that we've run that contest. Uh, you know, he's racked up, you know, hundreds of thousands of views uh, on each of the short form platforms from con from channels that are like literally like one subscriber, right? You know, that's crazy. TikTok channels with one, one follower. And the biggest thing that we discovered, and this is the, the craziest part to me, is here, maybe I'll, I'll ask you, Rob. Let's see if you can guess who guess who who the top three uh, winners were of of this contest. Who's the top three winners of the contest? Yeah. yeah. Do you like, think it was people like with the most subscribers, or people with uh, you know the best clips, or? Oh, sheesh, uh, man. I think probably based on that, probably the people that have that are like really deep into their community, that that are like super fans, like first. So, so that's what I would expect, right? Is that there's like yeah. already some super fan accounts out there, and yeah. there were a few, but they only posted like a few Opus Clip results each, and yeah. then you know, and just kind of left it at that, and they didn't keep uh -huh. going with it. The people that won the contest and absolutely smashed the contest were the people that posted the most results, first, second, and third in that order. Actually, I think second place posted like one more clip than first place, but first, second, and third were the three people that posted the most Opus Clip results out of everybody competing in the contest. So it just goes to show, like. It is a numbers game, uh, and that's you know sort of segueing into what Opus Clip is and what we're all about, right? Um, you know, we are an efficiency tool. That's how we view yep. ourselves. Um, we're a tool that's designed to help create content creators uh, turn their long-form content into shorts uh, that are shareable um, with as minimal effort as possible, right? So we've yeah. added in a lot of customization uh, and editing features uh, to help sort of hone in and optimize the clip results that you're getting. But ultimately, our mission um, is uh, simplicity. So we're yeah. all about get as many clips uh, as you can out of your content. Um, ensure that they're up to your standards in terms of you know what what we call shareability, right? So like you know if you say hey 
if I share this with a friend and they wouldn't be like, what the heck is this? Then we did our job, right? We're not trying to replace human editors. Uh, you know, there is an art to editing that I don't think AI is going to be able to replace completely. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, we'd like to be able to work with editors, uh, create a tool that streamlines their workflows as well, uh, but also for average Joes, right? You know, anybody that's out there, you know, either they're working with video content, trying to make content, or even if they're like a social media manager that like has a backlog catalog of content and, you know, whoever's making the content for them, uh, you know, they have gaps in between, uh, you know, posts, right? This is supposed to be something that allows you to just post every single day, uh, play that numbers game um, and make sure that you have enough content out there that, uh, eventually, uh, some of it is going to reach uh, the people that you're looking for, um, totally. you know, whether creator or whoever. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I can totally uh, testify to that because uh, since I have been, and I'll probably create a, a video or a post about this, but like since I started using Opus Clip, I would say about a month or two ago and started like posting daily uh, shorts on YouTube, like my uh, not just like growth of the channel in terms of subscribers, but also like AdSense revenue has just like just it's like you could see like it's it's a hockey stick uh so um yeah there's there's a lot to be said with uh posting daily regularly consistently like your short form like shorts for sure but also i'm sure like on reels and tiktok um you know that just like that frequency is uh definitely a factor in your growth um and then in between of course you have your long form tutorials and stuff like that and um and yeah and it works great for yes podcast podcasters i think like myself um getting these clips out but also like i was telling you connor earlier just like earlier today i tested a tutorial video and it pulls it well as well like there's all of these uh use cases i'm discovering um i thought maybe it's only for the podcast but now i'm starting to use it for tutorials and like you know uh you know if you're creating like tips like you know here's eight tips on how to grow your live stream for example um opus clip seems to find out each of those you know tips and turns it into a, a short form video as well so yeah there's so much so much to uh to use there um by the way if you guys are any of the creators the type of creators that uh you know connor mentioned there please reach out to connor i'm putting you on the spot here but reach out to him um you know uh become a partner with opus um it's great it's a great program um i want to kind of just go back to what you said earlier about uh scalability for a partner program um you know uh, you're one person. I'm only one person. I do feel that struggle sometimes of like running out of, uh, you know, calendar, uh, calendly spots for partners to, you know, talk to and meet on a regular basis. Um, yeah. Have you have you uh, kind of, you know, have some thoughts on how to scale your partner program? It sounds like you've done, you know, you've scaled a program like this in the past in your previous roles. Like, how do you see that that scalability from a brand's perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think the challenge, it, like I was saying before, is always yeah. balancing those personal relationships with, mm. uh, you know, with the, the ability to get out as much content as, uh, you know, uh, as you need to in order to continue up that growth pace of growth, right? Um, and for me personally, what it's really been about is, um, you know, you, you have to have the conversations, you got to go through and talk with everybody, uh, you yeah. got to figure out what deals are good and what aren't. Um, and, and you're not going to get there without having all those conversations. So it is a huge time commitment. Um, but you know, that time invested, uh, I think it generally does pay off, uh, w when it comes to, um, you know, the, the, the results at the end of the day. And I think yeah. uh, even if you're not, 
hitting as many, you know, even if you have post requirements, you're not quite hitting as many posts as, uh, you know, as are in your, your performance indicators, as long as you're outperforming the actual end results, uh, yeah. that, that's what really matters. So I would say, um, you know, scalability is always a challenge. I know that there's a ton of different, uh, I, I've explored a bunch of different tools and things out there. Uh, for being able to create that scalability. Uh, but in my experience, I've never, I have yet to find uh, something that doesn't sort of just turn it into that cookie cutter formulaic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, and we have like explored some other, uh, some of those like social mention, the uh, social mention reach tools, like uh, the peer pops and kales of the world. Um, yep. Can't say I'm a huge fan of those either. Yeah. Um, I think the whole challenge concept, maybe it works well for like music industry, but um, I think for, unless you're a, uh, you know, unless you're at like McDonald's or Chipotle or something like that, um, I don't think it, those I make a ton of sense for you either. Um, yeah. Just because you know, unless it's, a, unless you're selling a product that is truly like any, it's for every single person, there's no target audience, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going to end up reaching way too many people that just aren't, aren't the right use case, aren't the right fit, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, but like you said, Opus Clip does have a, a, a a ton and an expanding number of use cases, right? Uh, yeah. You know, we've seen a sports creators pick us up recently. We've seen a, a, a huge number of, you know, like realtors, um, uh, lawyers, uh, you know, some, you know, we, we, we've, we've run into people that were using us uh, for, um, you know, for mock-ups for their uh, advertising marketing agencies. Mm. Um, you know, we've seen creators using us just to try to figure out, like, just to help them. You know, Viral Nation, for instance, is a great example. They use us a ton just to find the, uh, just to, just for curation. So they just, you know, they feed hours and hours of content from the creators in there and they just use it to automatically uh, select what are the segments that we want to be able to clip. And that saves their editing team like half the time. And then their editors go in and still manually do everything, you know, the, exactly the way that the creator has prescribed. But just that process of curation and being able to already know, okay, here are the, here are the timestamps, here are the moments that we got to go grab, um, you know, th that that's helped them a ton. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, speaking to what you were saying in terms of scalability, right? Going back to your core question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the biggest challenge, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I haven't quite figured out how to do it on a, on a huge scale. Um, what I'm trying to do is build community, right? Mm. Um, and what I want to, what, what my goal has been uh, from the jump since I launched the brand partner group uh, has been to get the smartest minds out there in terms of how to make content better, uh, how to improve your channel, how to uh, grow on YouTube or whatever channel that you're you're focused on um, together in one place, build a community there where the creators themselves are not getting value from Obus Clip, but getting value from each other, uh, mm -hmm. able to talk to each other. Um, as you've mentioned, Rob, I think you, Rob, are the most connected out of all of them. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody had kind of heard of each other. Uh, but had never really met each other, except for they'd all almost all met you before in some <laughs> capacity or another, which is pretty funny. Thank um, you to the podcast, right? That's <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you know for the most part, I, one of the things that I've noticed with the creator economy, and like there's always they do events all the time here in LA. Yeah, it's like so you know there is definitely like the creator economy events crowd, and like you know some of the same faces you see at all these different events and things like that. But yep. for the most part, most of these in-person events are, they're pretty impersonal still. So, you know, it's a lot of small talk. There isn't really this, like, really strong community sense being built. Mm. And I noticed that this goes back to my time at TSM, right, where yeah. we had some amazing creators. A lot of them were spread out all over the U.S. and all over the world. And, you know, so so much of my job there was just to try to, like, get different people together and try to figure out, like, how do we actually uh, start doing crossover content? How do we actually get... Uh, an Apex Legend player and a Minecrafter, 
you know, in the same room together and actually interested in hanging out and spending time and learning and growing from each other. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, I don't think you need to be in a physical space to be able to do that. Obviously being face-to-face -face helps in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we had a face-to-face -face meeting with John Yoshe last week that, you know, yeah. we had like some really cool moments of inspiration from that. But for the most part, um, just having everybody together, we created this sort of little exclusive uh, uh, discord group um, with the guys that, uh, you know, that we, uh, you know, elevate into brand partner status. And so yeah. far it's been going really well. Um, you know, that definitely helps with the scalability a little bit. Uh, because you know, I can have a meeting with all of them at once. Uh, we can get uh, things communicated and get things rolling uh, on a, on a basis that's sort of uh, at scale uh, with a single group of guys. And then they got the, the that group is also able to communicate and collaborate with one another and promote each other's stuff, leave comments on each other's stuff, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think uh, that that all helps a lot. That yeah, I was gonna say that um, the two things that I really admire what you're doing with your program is um, is the Discord, like an, uh, a really close knit community, which isn't too hard to build. Like you already have a Discord for Opus, and then you just made some private channels there for the brand partners, and then also the the weekly calls. I mean, I think that's that goes a long way to like know like maybe some partners won't be able to join every week, but they know that there is a place to join if they have time or if there's like, hey, I'm working on this campaign definitely going to bring opus up with my audience like i would love to join and maybe bounce some ideas with the rest of the partners i think those two things that you're doing is going a long way like way beyond probably you know the majority of brand partner programs out there you know having a community and a regular live call um you know i think i think yeah it's great it's like you definitely do come from a very like community centric, uh, you know, point of view and, um, you know, sort of approach to what you're doing, which is, which is great to see such a breath of fresh air amongst like all of the transactional programs, um, that you see out there. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of people see that as well. Um, well, well and I think it goes back to our, our own metric, right? Like of like yeah. what we're looking for, success, for in success, right? Is like, who are the creators that I admire? Who are the ones that really bring value to their audiences? It's the ones that are built in community and engaged with the people that are watching their content and value the people that watch their content. And so, you know, if we want to, uh, you know, we want to embody that ourselves, right? We need to yeah. find people um, that not, not only find people that, you know, are, are, have those communities, but build that community for ourselves and make sure that we're providing value to the creators that we're working with beyond like, here's a check every month or here's a check yeah. for a three month campaign or whatever it is. Right. Um, you know, obviously money's great, but, uh, being able to build something that with lasting value, I think is, you know, that's what, that was our mission that we set out to do. Right. Is like, let's make our lives easier for content creators with AI. That was like our entire mission when we started. So, um, so good. you know, I think, uh, you know, if we want to actually live that mission, right, uh, we have to actually build community and have a, a group of people that, uh, you know, are interested in helping each other out. And finally, I think we're, we're starting to see, and this is where uh, I think the brand partner group will take its next evolution is, um, you know, with people's personal projects beyond Opus Clip, right? Yeah. Um, you know, as, as they're developing things and as they're looking for new opportunities, we're starting to see more cross collaborations of brand partners going on each other's shows, uh, yeah. people... You know, having having these conversations outside of the context of just like, oh, I need I have this deliverable for Opus Clip, uh, where hopefully, you know, overall, you know, we look back at this a year from now and everybody's grown. Everybody has a larger following and uh, everybody's able to make a bigger impact and have a, their own community that they're proud of.
I love that. I love that, man. This is this has been really good. I'm just I had a quick look at the time, and man, we I think we could probably we need to have, we need to bring you on for like part two because because uh, yeah, we haven't even scratched the surface here. Um, yeah, I I, I want to be mindful of your time here. Um, I think the one thing before we run off, uh, there's a few things I want to ask you. Uh, really quick questions from the partners, from the rest of the partners here. But um, what's some advice from from the, I think like in terms of the, the other brands that are listening, um, I think you'd shared some here regarding metrics and picking the right partners and everything, but it's like, what's some like, you know, if you're speaking to, you know, folks out there that are uh, brand reps, um, what's like one or two things not to do, um, you know, not to, you know, as they, as they build their own, you know, different partner programs. Yeah. I would say the first thing is like, don't, don't reject somebody outright. Um, mm. Yeah. I think just because just, you know, unless it's like you, you can tell from the start, like it's a, you know, there's no fit here, right? Like for instance, yeah. I get Indian AI influencers that reach out, like we're not available uh, fully in, in India right at the moment, you know, they're, uh, they're limited access. So it's like, sorry, I can't do anything for you right now, but I'll still yeah. send a, a nice reply like 90% of the time uh, when I get a chance and just be like, Hey, you know, sorry, we're not available in India right now, but would love to work with you in the future when you get a chance. Um, you know, and I think as long as you're positive with the people that are coming inbound um, and you don't reject them outright, but you just say, hey, here's the facts, here's the reality. You know, are you willing to do something here? Having as many options on the table at any given moment as possible is like, that's my goal, right? Mm. Um, is to have, uh, you know, all of the brand, you know, all the, all the different possibles, possibilities out there and then be able to uh, strike when the moment is right with any given creator. Um, you know, and then, you know, I would say the other thing to, you know, not to do, which I'm probably guilty of a couple of times, which is, you know, just be consistent, be there for people, right? Yeah. Um, you know, make sure that you're, you're available and that, that you're reachable. Um, you know, it gets tricky with time zones and with everything, you know, sure. everything gets busy, but, um, sure. for the most part, as long as you're uh, pretty consistent about following up and following through with people, um, you know, uh, when you have the chance, you know, I think that's really important because, creators at themselves are also not the best about this. So uh, you have to be a, that at least one level more reliable than the creators themselves. Yeah. Um, if, if you really want to get anything done, because eventually uh, you will run into issues there. Um, you know, if you know, you just expect like, oh, this deal was on the table a month ago, uh, I negotiated this and you know, oh, you know, we'll, we'll launch it in a month, then you don't follow up with them. And then a month later, of course, everything in their life has changed. And uh, that deal that you thought you had in the back of your pocket isn't there anymore. So um, you know, just that consistency of, of keeping conversations going, following up with people, um, you know, and, uh, you know, actually trying to build those real relationships. Um, that's that's kind of my whole thing. Um, I would say the final thing to avoid is unless you have that, you know, $10 million, $20 million uh, uh, Raid Shadow Legends budget, whatever their budget <laughs> is, um, you know, do it on a personal level. Uh, don't 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 do the the cookie cutter uh, you know, here's the, here's the ad copy. Um, you know, I know what's best for your audience. Just read this and, you know, here's yeah. a check and call it a day. Um, so good. You know, creators, other audiences. So listen to them. Yeah. That's uh, that. I think that last one is probably the one that like a lot of brands really fall into is like, you gotta, you gotta say it this exact way. It's like, oh man, you didn't build this audience. You don't know how to speak to them the best way possible. So let the, let the creators, uh, you know, figure that out and say in their own words. Um, that's something we've had to learn as well. Like just recently, it's just like, we got to, uh, I think somebody sh said, share the pen, share the pen with, uh, the creators, you know, don't, don't just, they're not robots, you know, that you just like here, read these five sentences, you know, robotically. Well, uh, I'm also not going to blame like all creator partners. Outright yeah, 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 of course. Sure. 
I think a, a lot of it comes from leadership, right? Like, you know, and, and this is sort of talking to you CEOs out there or whoever, yeah. you know, CMOs, whoever's making the decisions, um, yeah. you know, trust your creator partners and especially partnerships people, especially if they're giving you pushback, right? You know, I yeah. think a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, like our CMO will come to me and be like, Hey, they didn't reply to these comments. Like, you know, go push on. It's like, okay, I can go do that. But then it's like, Hey, someone left a message about one of our competitors, like make sure they take that down. And it's like, yeah. maybe if you yeah. push, you know, p pick your battles, but you know, if there's chance <laughs> to, to have the partners back and, and sort of go to bat for, uh, your, your, uh, your brand partners or for your uh, creators that you're working with, um, against your leadership. And, and if, as long as you have conviction, you believe that, that what they're doing is 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 best for everybody um you know yeah don't be afraid to uh to stand up for them yeah absolutely man absolutely um this is great i i really appreciate your time connor um sure. yeah i think uh, like i said i think there's way more to discuss and unpack here just the way that the creator economy is evolving and partnerships between brands and creators um so yeah we definitely need to get you back on a part two uh but in the meantime where's the best place for people to connect with you whether they're a brand that wants to you know you know, do some things with you or if they're a creator and they want to partner up with you on Opus. Yeah, I would say the two best places to reach out to me are either head to LinkedIn uh, and look me up on LinkedIn. You can find me under the Opus Clip uh, company, um, pretty easily findable on there, um, or uh, DM us uh, at Opus Clip on uh, LinkedIn, or sorry, on, on Instagram. Um, if you DM us on Instagram, I check our DMs uh, two or three times a week. Uh, and I reply to everybody who requests partnerships that way as well. Beautiful, beautiful. That is that's actually one of the biggest gateways to partners is them DMing you on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Connor, thank you so much for your time, man, uh, and hanging out with us. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much as well. It was great to hang out, Rob.